welcome to the show and thank you for taking the time to check us out. Uh, we have a great guest today, Margarita Monet, singer for the band Edge of Paradise. And uh, this band has some really great music and, and great music videos. Uh, really good melodic rock. Kind of reminds me of a more modern or heavier Evanescence. And in this interview, I get Margarita's backstory, which I didn't know a lot about. And uh, it's really interesting. She moved from Russia, moved to America, then went to NYU. And of course, she also tells me about the new album they have coming out that's produced by the famous Howard Benson, who's produced Hailstorm, Kelly Clarkston, My Chemical Romance, and tons of other great bands. So I'm really excited for their new music. Plus, we're going to talk about touring and shows and Margarita's amazing artwork. Very cool. Check it out. Welcome, Margarita Monet of Edge of Paradise Band. How are you doing? Thank you for having me. I'm doing great. That's good. Okay. So... Yeah, I, I listened to a couple of interviews that you did, and uh, I was surprised that nobody asked about your background, which I find really fascinating. You're born in Armenia, and but then you moved to Moscow. So talk about, and you learned to play piano at like four years old. So, but talk about those early years before you moved to the U.S. living in Russia. Yeah, um, so I was born in Armenia when I was three. My family moved to Moscow just because Soviet Union fell apart. So a, a lot of people were moving back in the day. Um, when I was in Moscow, my mom, she taught English in an art school. So she just kind of, you know, I went to work with her and she just gave me to like theater. I took theater, music classes, um, ballet classes all day while she was at work. So I was kind of immersed into that <laughs> right away. And then um, I started getting into piano and I was, you know, growing up in Russia, if you do something, it's like you really, really serious. So for me, it was piano and ballet. So after school, I would all day do either that or that. Um, and, you know, eventually I got really good at it. You know, for a kid, I did a lot of competitions and concerts. And, and you won also, several of those, right? You won several awards. Yeah, yeah, I used to win most of the competitions. I, I, you know, <laughs> placed either won them or like um, even when I came to America when I was eleven, I continued to do that. So you know, that was pretty much my whole life. I never really thought I'd be singing in a band because my life was, you know, music and um, also theater. I went to a performing arts school and we moved to Houston, Texas. Mm -hmm. And we moved there because my dad is a scientist. So they invited him to do research. And, you know, for his career, it was the right move. Oh. So that's why we came to America. Okay. So, but going back to the rush. So this is always interesting because I used to work in a school and we had a lot of kids from Russia and they told me, I don't know if this is true from maybe it's different parts of Russia, but like there was this kind of thing in Russia where little boys their job is to go out and play and have fun. And little girls are supposed to be very studious and serious. Is that, is that true where you grew up too? I don't know. Maybe, I don't know if it's true now. I mean, definitely if you're a girl, you're going to go to ballet or some kind of dance. Um, most boys, they also, uh, most boys do a lot of sports or, um, yeah, I mean, so every kid does something, but girls mm -hmm. definitely music. I mean, a lot of boys do music there as well. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, there is a little bit of truth in that. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, so you moved to the U.S. and you're living in Houston. Like you said, you go to this, uh, you end up going to this performing arts school, which I think is so cool that your parents are so supportive of this. But what was the biggest culture shock for you coming from Russia to America? There must have been things that just like blew your mind. 
Yeah, it was a big culture shock. Well, I think one thing is that, like, for example, going back to music, I want, like, Russia has a lot of music schools. In America, we don't really have a music school, you yeah. know? Like, we have, like, music less, like, it is school, but, like, over there, it's very serious. Like, you have theory, you have choir, you have exams, you have performances, like, yeah. it's like an actual school. And it's very structured, and you can get kicked out. And, uh, um, you know, so it's, like, yeah, it's it's a different approach, you know. Yeah, it's harder um, to find like high schools that are performing arts high schools here. Um, yeah, also that definitely. Like over there, I mean, you can choose. Like you go to a regular school as well, mm-hmm. but then you would go to either ballet or music school, or you can choose to go to like a boarding school where you live there, and then you do music your you know twenty four seven. So it's just. It's just like how you, and over there, I think from an early age, you kind of know what you want to be. Here, you can explore a lot, you know? Um, But also like culturally, like over there, nobody sits at home. I'm not saying people sit at home here, but for example, biggest culture shock was nobody walks anywhere. Everybody always drives. (laughs) Like over there, I remember the first day my mom were walking, we're like, there's no sidewalks. And then people were honking at us. Like, what are you doing? That is funny. So, yeah, I mean, over there, like we're used to going to theaters or museums like every other day. Uh, So it's a little different. I mean, New York is much closer. That's why I went to New York when I really wanted to go to New York for college because it just felt closer in the culture that I was used to. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about that. So you went to NYU. That is not an easy school to get into. And you're accepted into the Tisch School of the Arts where you majored in theater and you minored in music. So tell me about that. Was that hard to get into that program? Um, Yeah, they have a big, you know, big competition. Um, I I did early decision where I had to, me and my dad would flew to New York and there was a big audition process. And like, um, you know, you had to do the theater audition and you had to do writing. It was like a whole week of auditioning. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And I was really excited that I got to go. And partly just because I wanted to go live in New York, you know. Um, So, yeah, it was was a great experience. Um, I think I learned a lot from the city and it really toughens you up. You know, so I'm really happy that I got to experience that. Yeah, that's well, that's amazing. Russia and then Houston and New York. I mean, those are three to- totally different places. So when you're in New York, um, obviously you must have seen some Broadway shows. Did you have, actually have a chance to perform either in a Broadway or off Broadway show, or did you do plays? Because that was your major was theater. So <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I was in an off Broadway show. Like I think second year I was there. But the, the school itself, like, they strongly advise you to do anything. They just want you to go to school and focus on that. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of rebelling against that because I oh. wanted to do something in the real world. <laughs> so I, I did get into it. was it was a, I don't even know if it's a Broadway, but it was a smaller theater. And most of the actors, they were either on Broadway or off Broadway. So I got to uh, talk to a lot of them and kind of learn from them. But also my teacher was in a Broadway show. So um, I went to, you know, saw a lot of his performances and that was cool. But yeah, definitely. I got to see a lot. got to see the premiere of, um, oh my God, 
the spring awakening. Remember that? It was a long time ago. Oh, I know. I'm not familiar with that one. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. But so was there like, was there famous people in your school at NYU? Like, did you, did you make friends with any people that you, you saw become like big stars in uh, music or movies or anything? Uh, well, a few years before me, Lady Gaga was taking some of the same classes. <laughs> and then uh, wow. James Franco. Yeah, and James who else? James Franco. He was in the same, uh, he was in the film department. Damn. And everybody hated him. Everybody hated him? <laughs> yeah, he was really, he was kind of an asshole. Too. Really? Yeah, is that why he got Me too then? Because I heard, you know, he was kind of like, he got Me too Like they said he was really mean to women and stuff. And I think he's kind of canceled uh, now. Yeah, I don't know. I guess so. But okay. yeah, I think he was just bossing around all the students and just like, you know, showed up late, never called. You know, like he, uh, you know, he's James Franco. So I guess he <laughs> thought he could do whatever he wants. I guess so. Yeah. Well, anyway, so into the music, you're interested in, you're, you know, you're kind of brought up with this classical music background, but then you get into like more obviously heavy metal stuff like Dio and, uh, you know, Ramstein and Korn and System of a Down, all that stuff. So then you moved to LA. And so why did you move to LA? Was there a specific, were you looking for something specific? Cause you weren't looking for a band or music at that time, right? Yeah. You know, uh, part of me, I still don't know why. <laughs> okay. why I, kind of, I kind of believe that things happen for a reason. I don't really know what made me move. Mm-hmm. Maybe, I guess I like change of scenery. I like uh, exploring new places, hmm. but I don't think there was anything that made me want to be like, I want to go to LA. But when I moved here, I pretty much met Dave, who's a guitar player, I don't know, a few months later. And the timing kind of worked out where Dave had a band with Rob McCauley and this and Franklin, yeah, and then they all kind of went on tour. But so how did you meet Dave? Did you guys meet in a studio or like, was this at a bar or where where did you, because that's the one part of the story I don't know. It was a funny story. I was... So when I moved here, I just was trying to do everything. And I was in this weird uh, dance group. And the producer of the dance group, since I could play piano, he was like, uh, let's write a song together. So I was like, you know, whatever. Okay. So um, we made a song together and it kind of turned to be more of a rock song. So hmm. we wanted to get a guitar player for it to do some solo work. Oh. But we weren't really looking exactly at that time. because We just kind of thought about it. But his studio was next to a guitar store where Dave was doing a guitar clinic. And we needed like some cable for um, the studio. So we just walked downstairs and went to the, you know, guitar, st- guitar store and we saw Dave playing. I think it was, he was teaching people how to play like, um, welcome to the jungle or something, <laughs> something of guns and Okay. <laughs> oh my God. Like this guy is so amazing. And, um, embarrassing story. I think the producer offered him like 50 bucks <laughs> on the song. So I think Dave saw me and he was like, um, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So yeah. So he, cause he had this band, it was, I think it was originally called bleed and it was singer, singer, Robin McCauley, who was in MS, uh, Michael Schenker group and survivor bassist, Tony Franklin and drummer, Greg Bissonette, who are two, like they played with everybody. And, um, and then you guys formed edge of paradise and then you reworked the songs and obviously you did the vocals and that was the debut mask, but you didn't write anything on that debut. No. Yeah. I didn't write anything. And, um, 
it was kind of, I mean, you know, obviously if you listen to that album now, it sounds nothing like us. I think it really just gave me a chance to figure out how to sing, you know, because yeah, I didn't write anything. I mean, you know, I reworked some of the melodies and stuff just to fit me a little better, but um, yeah, it was, you know, we don't want anyone listening to that album, honestly. <laughs> Is that even, yeah, I don't know if I saw that on Spotify. Is that even on your Spotify or did you guys take that off? We fought to take it down because it was released to some label and we had to like take it down. Okay. Because, you know, like when you go on Spotify, you just press play on a band and then that music pops up. Right. So we didn't want people to associate because it just sounds so different. It sounds so different. Okay. So then the first thing that you guys record originally is the, the Perfect Shade of Black EP. was that, that was produced by Bob Kulik and mixed by Michael Wagner. So you had two really good veterans of the, of the scene helping out on that one, right? Well, actually, we had an album before that called Immortal Waltz. I thought that Immortal wasn't Waltz. until 2015. Was that released later? Um, oh, yeah, wait, you're right. So I see, you know. Well, how do I know your band better than you? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, I think because you said Perfect Shadow Black, and yeah, you're right. Perfect Shadow <laughs> Black was pretty much the songs of Immortal Waltz. <laughs> That's right. So So you kind of like took some of those on, put those on Immortal Waltz, but then that one was actually produced by Michael Wagner. He actually like worked with you in the studio on those. Yeah, we went to Nashville and we stayed with Michael Wagner for a few weeks and did the whole album there because, you know, he uh, we loved him so much and he was so inspiring and he liked the band. So, you know, we made it happen. Yeah, he's a legend. Yeah, he is. And I think he was doing like a mixing workshop. So oh. that's how we got, like, he brought us in to do the workshops. And then we ended up recording the rest of the album. Because we he, he's such a great person and so inspiring. It's all about the music with him. And um, yeah, it's one of a lifetime, one in a lifetime experiences working with someone like that. Does he help with the arrangements to the song? Or is he more just like the, you know, the the, the mixing and engineering kind of stuff? I mean, for us, because we kind of really had the song. So, and, you know, I don't know how he did it with the other bands, just because back in the day, it was so different. Like you had a year to do the album, you know, for us, we already had pretty much the songs worked out. So he helped vocally, but he like, he's still kind of old school mentality because it was all about the performance and there's not a lot of production. It was just kind of, you know, you go in and you recorded and perform it and he doesn't do much i mean obviously he mixes them in a way that you know his signature sound Mm -hmm. but for example like what we do now is a little you know it's much different like the songs are much more produced um if that makes sense yeah no so then that that next album universe um uh, you have another one coming out but the, the the one before this was universe the song fire i mean that's a great single um, with the slow beginning and then it kicks in and rocks. Now tell me about the video though. You filmed it in New Mexico. Did and you you stepped on a rattlesnake or what happened there? You stepped near a rattlesnake. You didn't actually step on the rattlesnake, did you? Almost. Did. Almost. Well, okay. Um, so we we kind of get adventurous with our music videos. Like before that one, we went to Iceland, um, and we we our friends Darren and Tina there um, they filmed the videos. So they're also hikers. So, you know, they're kind of, they found that location and it was literally, there was nothing there. It's like you're on the moon. 
and you had to carry your gear there and it was super hot. So like, I don't know how we didn't pass out. So, but um, when we were filming there, um, it took all day, obviously. And then when it, when the sun comes down, it just gets pitch black, like literally in two, two I don't know, one minute, one, one minute it's light, next minute it's pitch black. Um, so we had our, you know, um, <laughs> flashlights and we tried to find our car because we parked so, you know, it's because there's no way to dr- drive to that location. So we had to walk a bunch and then I'm walking and, you know, I just trying to go forward to in the direction where the car is. And all of a sudden I hear them in the back, snake, rattlesnake. And I'm, I, I don't think they're talking to me, but it's back of my mind. Like, I'm just going to keep walking. Hopefully it's not going to eat me. <laughs> and then, like, you know, they're like, you just stepped over it. And the snake already, like, went like that and was about to launch at me. <laughs> oh, my God. You got lucky then. Jeez, that's scary. I know. I got really lucky. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. So... And then the other song from that album, besides Fire Universe, that single, that's your most, I think that's your most popular song on Spotify. It's over like a million and a half listens. And I love the arrangement of that song. It seems so complex. Is that something that's, again, is that, is that one in, um, because that was produced by someone else. Is that the arrangement done more with the producer or like, do you guys do the arrangements on the demos? Like if you listen to the demos, does it sound similar or that does the producer totally change all that? And no, you know, actually, we do all the arrangements. It's always us. Mm. Uh, I mean, you know, it, it depends on the band. Sometimes the producer helps with the arrangement, but we kind of co-produce our music a little bit, you know. So we bring it in already arranged, and we already know what we want to do with it. Uh, but Mike Plotnikov produced Universe, and he also uh, co-produced the new one as well. But you know, working with Mike, um, the vocal, uh, we changed up some vocal melodies. Um, not so much on universe. Like, it's funny you say it's complex because to me, um, I think that was one of the most simple songs on, the, on that album. Well, just like with the way the keyboards are like, new, 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 new. it's like all this cool, like stuff going on at the same time. I, I don't know. To me, I, maybe because like a lot of the stuff I listen to is more simple. So like a lot of your guys' music is just really, there's keyboards and there's, you know, different melodies starts off slow and then goes fast. Like, I don't know what you call that progressive rock or something. I don't know. I just like it. I like, I like, but also sometimes the songs, like you almost have like a punk attitude to them. Like it's almost just really aggressive, which is also really cool. Yeah. And I think more of that is on the new album. Mm. And you know, a lot of the songs are different. Like, I, we we want to have a common theme through the album, but also have uh, make sure that every song stands on its own. Uh, but actually, like for this one, because Howard Benson also came into the picture new, and then I think Howard really pulled out more of that punk edge out of my oh. voice. So if you listen to Digital Paradise, you kind of hear more of that edge, and uh, Digital Paradise is kind of over. Uh, becoming more popular than universe now of the daily streams and also um like we look at spotify saves it has it's only been out for two weeks and it already has more saves than universe so really that's good so yeah talk about howard benson because he's got quite a resume as well i mean michael wagner he produced a lot of my favorite bands like warrant and stuff but benson is like he even like transcended the rock stuff and he started doing pop i mean didn't he produce I want to say, was it Kelly Clarkson and like a lot of like really big pop stars? Yeah, I think I think he did something on American Idol or one of those shows. And that's how he got um, um, Kelly Clarkson. But yeah, I mean, Howard Benson, he's a huge name and he did transcend you know, his genre is very broad. 
So um, Howard Benson kind of came halfway through the picture because we started recording the new album with Mike Plotnikoff when uh, the pandemic started and all our tours got canceled because we just came off the European tour and we had U.S. tour with Hammerfall, then Japan, then another U.S. tour. So we were like really looking forward to get this Universe album off the ground and tour everywhere. <laughs> that didn't happen, you know, everything locked up. So we just went into the studio and, uh, you know, Mike, the first day we started recording, he was like, hey, I have Neil from Three Days Grace and he's zooming in from Canada. Can he be a part of the session? And we we're like, of course. And, you know, we really hit it off with Neil and, and Neil, you know, he had great input. So we pretty much recorded the whole album. And then Howard Benson heard the songs halfway through, but most of the songs are already recorded, but then he was like, you know, he wanted to work with us and he signed us to his new label, Judge and Jury, which he has with Neil. And I recorded five of the singles with him. And uh, yeah, you know, we just kind of, and Howard and Mike, they work together. So they've been working together for like 20 years now, you know, so. Who else has Mike produced? Him. I forget who, he worked with somebody big too also, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, he, well, he works with everybody Howard works because Howard does, you know, he, uh, they kind of work together and okay. Mike kind of um, does the instrumental part, how he focuses on the vocals. But yeah, I mean, we, like Mike worked on, he produced Hailstorm. Uh, he's mm. producing OTEP right now. So um, yeah, I mean, a lot of his resume is huge. That's great. Um, so, and then, yeah, so that label is going to help you guys out with the worldwide distribution, but you're still with Frontier for the U.S. distribution. Is that correct? Um, well, actually, for the Frontiers, they handle all the distribution. Uh, we, we kind of have this thing worked out, like, you know, judge and jury. I don't even know how, like, the contracts are working out, but, um, you know, we're all kind of working together, but they're also help, helping us with PR and touring, and uh, we're going to do, um, like, we recorded some cover songs. Um, we're doing cover of The Who, Love Rain On Me, and it's coming out in October. On oh, I love that. So that, that will be a cool cover. Wow, that's... Yeah, because you guys haven't really done that many covers that, that recorded that I could find. I mean, I think there was some live stuff, but not a uh, studio version. So that'll be exciting. Yeah, super. It turned out so cool. It's one of my favorite songs. Yeah, and Method, uh, My Method, Your Madness is another single that from that the new record, correct? Yeah, it just came out two days ago. Yeah, I listened to that one. Yeah, I just found out about your band, like, I don't know, like a week or two ago. So you talk about your PR people. They did their job because they sent me an email. I don't know how they got my email address, but I was like, Edge, I've never heard of this band. And then I listened. I was like, I'm in. I, I want to set up an interview. They didn't even ask, you know, for interviews. They were just getting the word out. And I just asked for an interview. So they did a good job oh, on that one. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's Maggie at Kelsound PR. Right? Yeah. Shout out to her. Um, so, yeah. You know, one, another thing that's interesting about your band is uh, your style. Do you have like a personal stylist or someone picking out the outfits for you and the clothes? Like, is it dependent on maybe the music video director or do you just do all that stuff yourself? You know, it's funny because people always ask about that. And then they also ask about like our photos on Instagram. They're like, you have like a whole team of people. And they're like, no, I do everything myself. You know? Oh, you're doing all uh, that. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, I like doing that and I also paint. So I like, I love visual art. So for me, it was always really important to have the visual aspect to the band be as, you know, to support the music. Um, so like a lot of the music videos we did ourselves, but for Digital Paradise, we worked with um, Scott Hansen and he's a filmmaker. So he really got, you know, our vision and he had a crew of people and we did the same thing with the title track, The Unknown. We went on location and also had Darren who we filmed it. Like he helps us film videos and he's like part of the family. But um, yeah, I think Digital Paradise was the first like big production music video that we did because before it was very DIY, oh, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, I love all that stuff. But and, like if you're, uh, if you're flying to, you said you flew to Iceland for a video. I'm assuming the record label did that or you guys wouldn't pay for that yourself, would no, you? We did all, well, actually the Iceland, we got lucky because we had this, this foundation. They, they're called Souls of Rock and they sponsor music videos or, you know, stage productions. So at that time, oh. they covered the flight expenses to get to Iceland. And we took um, our friends, Darren and Tina. They helped us film it. Also, Val Rassi filmed it. So it was just like, you know, we kind of did it to ourselves. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, we spend all the money the band makes. We put it back in, the, you know, back in the band. So, so we keep it growing. Yeah, that's fun. So let's talk about some of the shows that you've done. You you played shows with the Bullet Boys. I love the Bullet Boys. I had Mark, uh, the singer, on my show. Uh, where was that? And like, that must have been kind of an interesting mix because you guys are a little like more heavier. Like you might have like blown them away off the stage. You know, like it'd be hard to follow you guys, I guess, because they're a little bit more uh, poppy. I would th- compared to you guys, you seem a little bit harder, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, that was a long time ago. I think we played in, I don't even remember, it was either Hollywood or um, Corona, California. It's funny, Corona, California. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, they were a really fun bunch. I remember, um, was it, yeah, I think someone was mad at them because uh, they punctured a hole in the stage because they broke a guitar or bass or something. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, it was really long. It was like seven to eight years ago. I don't really oh, remember. That's a long time ago. Um, and then you performed with uh, not Slayer, the full band, but Dave Lombardo, the famous drummer of Slayer, who's been in a bunch of other projects. Tell me about that. I have never seen him perform live, but I've seen videos and I think he's got to be one of my favorite drummers. I mean, he's amazing. I, he, is anybody better than him? He's a crazy drummer. What was it like just even watching him? It must have been amazing. Yeah, he's definitely an amazing drummer. Um, he it was actually a small show out in Hollywood. Um, it was uh, it was one of those shows where oh, it was a it was like a foundation. It was like a fundraiser that oh. our friend Kevin Scudder, who's a photographer, he put it together. Okay, so he he photographs you know he's friends with like all these people. So he had Dave Lombardo, and I think he had Dave. Um, the bass player from Megadeth. Um, Dave Ellison? Yes, he had him. Um, he had some people from Fear Factory. Ah. So, yeah. And Dave Lombardo, he was super nice, super quiet, super nice guy. And his son was there as well. But yeah, he played, he, he's an amazing player. So that sounds cool. fun. So that's memorable. And then tell me, you did this European tour with a band called, I've never heard of this band, but it's um, Sonata Artica. Is that how I say it? 
Yeah. Yeah. Six weeks, sold out shows every night. You said the venues were beautiful. The food was amazing. I mean, this sounds like you're living the life on this tour, right? Like, yeah, it was our first big European tour because before that, we just came for a festival. So, um, Sonata Arctica is a Finnish band and they've been around for over 20 years. So they have a huge European following oh. and we got to be direct support to them. And um, it's it's cool because a lot of the countries we went to, we had some fans that followed the band for years, but we never got to meet them in person before. So then we finally got to meet them. It's, it's cool because it's like rock is such a community, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like um, it's a very close knit community. So all the fans, um, you know, once they're your fan, it's like they don't move on really quick. I feel like in pop music, everything happens so quick and you one mm-hmm. thing to the next. I feel like in rock, um, you know, you follow your band for years. Very loyal fans, of, for sure. Yeah. 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 So they're, they're almost like, you know, they're part of the band because they followed us for so long and supported us. So we're super grateful that we were able to build um you know, a fan base like that, and they're so supportive. But yeah, I mean, all the venues are really beautiful. All the cities are really beautiful. Uh, food is always amazing in Europe. So, uh, I mean, it was definitely, you know, it's hard to be on tour just because um, you're kind of playing shows every single day. We had some days off. I wish I got to see more of Spain because we just were there for a day mm. and we had to go back on the bus. Um, but um, yeah, I, I can't wait to get back on, you know, to touring this, this Corona stuff is so over. Yeah. Right. So tell, yeah, tell me about that because I think you had had a tour scheduled with Hammerfall that fell out, but then you're also talking about a tour with three days grace or, or one of, or both of these going to happen or what's the deal with the latest on that? Yeah, the Hammerfall tour got canceled because it was supposed to be back in September. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Three's Grace, they're working on the album. You know, of course, it'd be great to tour with them. Um, we'll see what we'll see what happens because like our album is already out and we want to tour in, in the new year. And we'll, you know, right now it's still kind of up in the air because like the virus thing, things are there's a variant now. Because we were gonna go to UK in the in September. But UK is kind of closing up again, so really, wait here. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't. Know. So you have no shows scheduled at this time? No, we just no, we're just gonna wait, wait till the new year, and um, I mean, we're gonna announce shows in the fall, um, but I don't think we're gonna tour till twenty twenty two. Wow, that sucks. Yeah, because I just saw uh, Steel Panther came here. So I'm in Phoenix, Arizona, and they did a show, and it was like. I mean, I was kind of socially distanced. I don't, some people weren't, but I mean, it was like half capacity. So I, I don't know, but I mean, I guess you assume everybody's got the vaccine and you hope that it's safe, but, uh, I had a good time. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, we would love to, it's just kind of hard, like routing because some places have restrictions, some mm. don't. And also, you know, we want to be part of a tour. Um, like we don't, you know, so it's just, there's a lot of things kind of to consider Sure. and, uh, like we would love to be on tour right now, but right now we're going to focus on PR because, and we're still doing, you know, we're still filming more content and the album just came out. So we're going to focus on promoting it and then start touring in the new year when hopefully everything is open. Okay. So we're getting ready. I hope you guys hit Phoenix. I'd love to come see a show. So what else? You know, Phoenix might come before because we don't, we can like, we're we're probably going to do some shows 
uh, before we do full on tour. Oh, okay. So you guys are neighbors. So. Okay. Yeah. Let me know if you're yeah. nearby, if I could drive, but um, what else is on the future for the band? Like what would be the ultimate tour or festival that you want to be a part of? Like what's in your crosshairs right now? Mm-hmm. Well, we would love to be on, I mean, obviously louder than hell festival is awesome back in, um, you know, so many great festivals. Um, but like, for example, right now, a lot of those festivals, they moved because they canceled last year. So a lot of mm. that lineup yeah. was moved. Up. So for us, we're going to have to wait till 2022 uh, to get on a lot of those festivals. And, um, you know, the ultimate tour, I mean, <laughs> probably, you probably with Ramstein. <laughs> oh, okay. That would be fun. That'd be a fun one. I've never seen yeah. them live. That would be really cool. And then what, yeah. So besides like the touring and then you obviously can make money through the merchandise, but one other way to make money for bands is, uh, getting your music in commercials, movies and TVs and video games. Do you have, are you trying to, is somebody trying to work on that for you? Because there's a lot of that music that I hear that I'm like, this should be in a movie or this should be in a TV show or a video game for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely one of the plans I think right now, um, like everything is so new still. So we just finished the album. It's, you know, the singles are releasing. There's a lot going on behind the scenes, but, you know, definitely that's one of the goals. I think when I was writing the music, you know, when we were writing the music um, in the back of my mind, I always have like these movie soundtracks because I I always say like the best way to explain these songs is like every song is like a mini movie, like an interstellar or inception or, you know. Right. (laughs) Yeah. You love sci-fi and those kind of movies and the the space and the universe themes. And I heard you say you believe in like different dimensions. Do you believe in like aliens and stuff and UFOs? <laughs> you know what I say? Um, I don't say I don't believe because who am I to not believe? I feel like there's so maybe there's a lot of things that our mind can't even comprehend, but I really like to believe in that there's something bigger. There's, more to reality as we know it um i just and of course the universe is i mean um it's endless you know or as far as we know so how can we say that the only ones so i believe in everything and i love exploring different ideas about it i think it's so much fun and it gives you like i think the main line of the title track is find strength in the unknown because i think a lot of people including myself we tend to fear what we don't know but to, to me, I feel like it's much more empowering to, you know, find strength in it because that unknown might be something great, you know? So. Yeah. Well, you're very brave for having, I mean, living in all these different places and traveling all over the place. Like there's a lot of people that'd be very scared to go from different country and, and leave home at 18 from Texas to go to New York. I mean, that's a big change. Like, is there anything that does scare you? You weren't even scared of the rattlesnake. I mean, <laughs> you know, uh, I feel like I was always, it, when I was a kid, like younger, I feel like I was even more fearless. I think as you grow older and um, seeing the news and like all these terrible things happening, <laughs> like and subconsciously you start kind of worrying about things. So, um, but I think I have it in my nature. Even if I am scared of something, I kind of, you know, I push past that because I really like doing stuff and I like exploring and uh, just, you know, pushing the boundaries. So. Yeah, that's good for you. So yeah, you mentioned your artwork earlier. We got to talk about that because I, I saw that on your website. And uh, I mean, it's amazing. It's it's big, can- they're canvas art, right? I mean, the, 
Yeah. No, I don't understand. This is the part I don't understand. Why are it, why is it only a hundred dollars? Like, I think you should charge way more. I mean, but wait until I buy some first. But I mean, because how long does it take you to make those? It's got to take you a lot of time, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. A lot of people say that, but I always, I'm, I don't, I'm not terrible with money, but I just, I love sharing art with people. So I feel bad, like making it really expensive so someone couldn't get it. For example, it takes me a, a while. Definitely. Like, I mean, if I'm working on it a lot, I can finish it in a week, but I tend to kind of go back to it, you know, so it takes me like two to three weeks but I actually painting a canvas for each of the songs on the album. And, um, you know, over time, more and more people started buying it. So for the album, I'm uh, doing prints, canvas prints of the original artwork. And then, for example, for the unknown, we're going to give away one of those paintings, like the original painting. And then, like, for the rest of the songs, I don't know, maybe we'll do, like, an auction or something. But so... Huge canvases. Okay, so but the ones on your website it says a hundred dollars. That's is that an original artwork by you? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I pay a hundred dollars. <laughs> I get... What's that? <laughs> I said everybody who's listening buy it until they make me charge more for. Them. I'm serious. I'm looking at that. I'm going. That's a steal because I just had a guy on who's in a, who's in a band too. Uh, Ty from Green Up, a band called Green Up a Quick Step, and he makes amazing art as well. And he, I think he told me those canvases are like $80, aren't they? Or they're expensive. Like, no, well, no, I don't think so. I mean, you can buy some that are like all decked out. Um, mine, are, I think they're like $10 a piece. Yeah, I don't oh, think okay. so. can $80. But piece. still, that's, <laughs> I still think that's a really good deal. And then you also have a lyric and an art book that you sell for $50. Mm-hmm. So, wow, those are great yeah. deals. And so if I, and also I think it said with the artwork, you make it custom for the person. Like I can go in there and buy it and tell you to make like one of me or something. If I really wanted to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know some, some people actually uh, said they requested to have, to draw them playing guitar with the rest of the band. <laughs> so I didn't like that. But yeah, a lot of people, you know, most of the people actually say just paint something and surprise surprise me okay. but some people they say you know i like these colors or i want more of like sci-fi theme or i want like space theme or you know what's theme. the weirdest <laughs> request is there anything that you've said no i'm not doing that like is there anything super weird that you got no no okay. no uh, one of our close fans he was like um draw you with a crowd of aliens <laughs> That's kind so of. I did a version of that, and he was like, "Oh, that's really cool, you know." So I did like an interpretation. I okay. painted myself as an alien and put like a sci-fi city behind. Me. Wow, that sounds amazing. Yeah, that's oh, it's fascinating stuff. Well, this has been a lot of fun. It's uh, nice to get to know you a little bit, and hopefully, people can uh, get to know you that, that aren't familiar with your band and check out your music. And like I said, obviously, your artwork too. Um, I like to end each episode with a charity. You mentioned, I think you mentioned a couple already. Is there one that you really want to promote here at the end that you want, that you want people to go to if they have a few extra dollars laying around? Yeah. So it's called rock for you foundation. Um, So that foundation is about uh, like really helping people who are struggling with mental health. Mm. Um, Then 
I think that one is current. We we were we had that those fundraisers for a charity, but it's not active right now. But that charity was about rescuing people from human trafficking, and the money we raised actually rescued two girls that were kidnapped from Texas. So wow. they hired private investigators. Yeah, it's like you know, for people like they should, if you want to kind of know more about this t- topic, just research more about human trafficking, like in even in Los Angeles or. You know, in America, because there's just so much going on that we don't really know about. That I know that's really scary. I just learned about it too, and I'm like, I saw this movie that was, I think it was loosely based on something like this, and it just, it's. I was like, this is happening in America. It's really scary. Yeah, it's crazy, and you know, it's you like the guy, our photographer Kevin Estrada, that started it. Um, you know, like even FBI came to him and was like, you know, you have have to be careful. So we had to take all these, he had to take a lot of precautions wow. how he goes about it, you know, because they don't want to like expose and put anybody in danger because mm. everything is like right under our noses. Okay. So, so that charity is not in, uh, is not existing anymore because of that. Uh, it is, yeah. Not, not at the moment okay. though, because it was kind of like to, yeah, it was very goal based. So like he, he actually had okay. one show with him, Papa Roach play and he raised a bunch of money from that oh. show and, you know, went to a really good cause. But yeah, once it's back up, just follow Kevin Estrada because he's really, really into helping, you know, with this issue. Okay. Well, thanks so much. It's been a lot of fun. I appreciate it. Now, let me know if you're ever in Phoenix and do a show. I'd love to come see you guys. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Okay. Bye-bye, Margarita. Okay. <laughs> Bye. So again, Margarita Monet, the band is Edge of Paradise. Great stuff. And the more I listen to the band, the more I like them. And I'm really curious what they would sound like live. I bet it would be amazing. So make sure to check out their website in the show notes for more information. Follow them on social media for updates. And as always, you can follow me too and help out with the show with your shares, likes, comments, all that good stuff. Helps me out a lot and I appreciate it. Uh, If you want to go the extra mile, You can write me a review wherever you listen. That helps me out a lot as well. Thank you so much for taking the time to make it through this episode and all your help that you've done to support the show. I appreciate you all, and I hope you guys have a great day. And remember, shoot for the moon, baby. Shoot for the moon.